We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, 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 everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. About, about, about. What's going on, world? You are tuned in to Brunch Culture. It's your boy, Randall Keith, and as always, I'm joined by my girl, Miss Lisa V. What's up, world? All right, Lisa, so let's hit up with the weekend review. So this week, um, Fox News reported um, that Baker's um, who refused to serve a who refused to serve a lesbian couple um, for their wedding would be fined a hundred and thousand a hundred and thirty five thousand um, dollars for refusing to make their wedding cake. And um, it says the Oregon a judge the a judge for the Oregon Bureau of Labor and Industries recommended a lesbian couple should receive one hundred and thirty five thousand dollars in damages for their most emotional suffering after their bakery sweet cakes by melissa refused to make them a wedding cake um as a result aaron and melissa klein could lose everything they own including their home um the oregon reports the recommended penalty is not final yet and could be raised or lowered by state labor commissioner brad avakin um it's the controversy started in 2013 when they when they declined to provide a wedding cake to the lesbian couple and so they've been going through hearings um and so GoFund there was a GoFundMe account started um to raise the money um for the clients um to help pay this fine and GoFundMe actually removed it um because they said uh we found that the support sweet cakes by Melissa campaign is to be in volition of our terms and conditions. Hmm. The money raised thus far will still be made available for withdrawal. So they, I think they raised about a hundred thousand mm-hmm. um, dollars. So they will get that. Um, but Samaritan's purse, uh, Billy Graham's son, Franklin Graham, actually his um, nonprofit organization has started a fund for the clients to help because GoFundMe removed it. So you can still donate, but you'll have to just go through Franklin Graham Samaritan Purse, which is a very credible um, um, nonprofit organization. And um, so you could still donate, but I thought it was interesting because obviously um, gay marriage, um, marriage equality is, is being passed in most states. I think it's like 38 out of 50 right now. And then the hearing started this week for the Supreme Court case. Um, so if you're not paying attention to that, you might want to, because that's going to be a pivotal, um, the, the decision on that is going to be pivotal for the nation. But for me, I don't personally agree with same sex marriage. Um, that's my position. However, I understand that it's legalized in most states and it probably won't be reversed. I'm concerned now with the religious liberties, um, in respect to that. So if you, if that's your view, okay, that's your view. But don't find me for my view. Um, if we're going to have tolerance, we need to have tolerance on both ends. So if I say, okay, that's your view, the law allows you to that to have that right, 
I'm mm-hmm. going to respect that right, even though I disagree with it. And so However, I think I don't think that you should penalize me as for having that right. Now, I do know that with business is sticky. Right. Because that's that's the issue. It seems like, honestly, in this situation, the issue is more so it's not so much of what they they believe or what they think. It's just the fact that they're denying services specifically specifically for that reason. For me, the question kind of becomes, how do you even bring up uh who like what type of marriage it's gonna be like why is that even a thing if you just want to make a wedding cake i'm assuming maybe it's because they probably wanted like the certain statue of maybe like two women and so they were like oh we can't make that type of cake i mean you still should provide and and for me you still should be able to, to bake me a cake though you still should be able to bake me a cake with all the bells and whistles and just say hey i don't have the centerpiece of two women I, just, I don't I don't have that. I don't have the capabilities to do that. That's not something that I want to do. But it kind of blows my mind that it you start to get into like the intricacies of well who you're marrying and well I will only provide service to you if it is something that I I would support or I would attend or I would agree with. I mean in but business they would say that they're not serving. They would say I'm I'm not refusing to self serve gay couples. They just refuse to offer for gay weddings. And that's going to be sticky with business. But I know that in the hearings that they had this week, one of the justices said that he perceives a problem with religious liberties in general um, with business. And I think this is inclusive of churches and marriage equality. Like, how is that going to flush out? That's what is going to be an issue. And I think we really need to think critically, how is this going to affect churches and businesses? Now, businesses, I think, are equal opportunity. I don't know how you could. I'm, I struggle with the fact that can you refuse service? That's 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 yeah. Business? That's what I'm saying. Like you, how do you? Because in essence, then the same the same position, the same uh, thought process thought process is what happened that was your your segregation type thing so we i don't provide services to black people i only provide services to white people and again when i say this i'm not saying that like the gay rights the gay civil rights struggle is the same thing as racial civil rights like that's not i'm not saying that but i'm saying the argument in the same position of refusing to serve based on my personal beliefs are the same. My personal beliefs as a white person becomes a white person during that time becomes I don't want to serve black people. That's my personal belief. My personal belief is that they carry different types of diseases or, you know, me allowing them amongst mixed company is going to bring down the value of my establishment. You know, that's all well and fine. Where it gets sticky though, like say a lot of churches have rent their facilities out for weddings, right? So where it's it's sticky is, okay, a church rents their facilities out for a wedding. This gay or lesbian couple wants to have their wedding there. The church says, we're not renting to you. In a sense, they collect, because as a nonprofit, you can't have for-profit aspects. Mm -hmm. Then that becomes a sticky component. Exactly. And I think that we're going to have to think critically and kind of, if you're, if you're going to have a position like mine, um, then you're going to have to think through everything you do in relates to marriage and the stance you take 
and be willing to have the legal setup where you're protected that you won't get sued. And I, I mean, that, that's that's definitely I mean, that's, that's definitely a point like you do. Those things are going to have to be critically thought thought about. I, I just think that, you know, there's so many facets to this argument and to the positions on both sides. And I think that sometimes, especially like when I read the story, I was like, well, at the end of the day, they just wanted a cake like you couldn't make them a cake like rather because you realize that you probably have made a cake that was used at a wedding ceremony that were for people that just screwed each other and it was a shotgun wedding and now they're just having a, you know, like but there's so Go many Fund other things the that, same thing that the cake people are doing what do you mean like they're refusing to offer this service to the clients right no i'm not saying that go i haven't said that gofundme is right i'm 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 just saying that in that in, in the position that you're taking of, I don't want to, first off, I'm not understanding how you got to the point of being able to say that, oh, this is a lesbian couple. I don't want to serve them because this is a gay wedding. And maybe I've been Would married, so I don't way know. If it was like a Ku Klux Klan man saying he wants a Ku Klux Klan cake, you would say they get, get, get to serve them? Not comparing the two, but I'm just saying if we're gonna. That, yeah, I was gonna say that don't make sense. Like, but I, you you're saying we have liberty to serve. If I can't decline business, right? I can't decline business. No, that's not. I, I'm, I'm not. You, you ain't let me finish my point. So my point becomes, I don't get how you get to that space to for it to be. Oh, I just want to deny you service. Like if I come in and I'm saying it again, as I was saying, I've never ordered a cake. Mm-hmm. for a wedding so i don't know like what all the things you have to i've ordered a cake for a birthday party and nobody's never said like oh well is this for who is this for yada 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 i came in with an idea i want the cake to look like this i want to have that you make the cake i pay you i take my cake and i do what i want to with it getting to the, to the places of oh well what does this have how do how do you who is this for oh, this is for a gay wedding as opposed to uh, a heterosexual wedding. Like, I don't understand how we get into the intricacies of that or why that becomes such a big thing that I'll deny you service in that in that sense. Well, I and, mean, cake is different because, you know, with wedding cakes, they t- have wedding tastings. You got the, of course, you got the, the people on top of the cake. Um, so I guess you would, to me, you would automatically know because the people are going to, a wedding cake is way more intricate than the birthday cake and how bakeries conduct making them. They have, you know, cake tastings and all that, especially if you have a lot of specifics, they're going to get the details. Yeah. I mean, I just don't, I don't, I don't know. And I, I think for me, it's one of those things that like you deny service to, so services like you provide services to people that you don't always agree with. And maybe it's because it's such a hot, like polarizing issue at the moment. Like I get it. And I'm not saying that, you know, the bakery should not, if that is, if that's the position that you take, that's fine. That's the position that you take. But I think in business, you kind of have to understand that honestly, you're serving people that you don't agree with aspects of their lives all the time. And so when it comes to this, like, how do you, gauge well i want to deny service in this area but i don't want to deny service in another area like how does that whole thing work out and and on on the same front when you have a gofundme gofundme has allowed you know funds to be raised for extremely controversial george zimmerman 
um, the, the case with Darren Trayvon Wilson. Martin. And yeah, I, even Darren Wilson as well. So it's like, you guys have allowed these extremely hot, polarizing issues and you've raised funds for the, the person that was the villain um, on the, the bad side of the coin for a number of people and you allow those funds to be raised. So how do you end the funds being raised for this couple and this position? I think it, honestly, for me, it just becomes, it becomes one of those things that like, if you are, you, you need to be consistent, but also understand that in your consistency, if you're going to deny, I don't want to serve this person a GoFundMe. Well, I don't want it because this is a bad issue. This is, looks bad. I don't want to provide services to here, but you allowed that to happen in the racial racial situation. And then in terms of the bakery, well, I want to deny services to this couple because I don't agree with their marriage. Oh, but y'all probably just had a shotgun wedding and y'all, it was a man and a woman to come. I have no idea of the backstory of what they're doing, how many times they screwed each other before they decided to get married, what they're doing. But I'm I support your your marriage. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just so many things to it that I feel like people are overlooking and skipping over in order to get there. And that's my that's my point on it. Yeah, and I I see what you're saying. Um, it's 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 an inconsistency on GoFundMe and the bakery. Uh, and I think that's you know I think that potentially has to deal with the fact of how we go back to how we kind of, in a sense, dehumanize homosexuals or make it the worst um if you take the position that it's it's a sin if if you have that position people who have that position make it the worst you know what i'm saying so therefore you just serve cake to two uh habitual liars and you had no problem with it right 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 you serve cake to homosexual but it's a problem because they're homosexual but you have no problem with these people being a liar it's like you said it's inconsistent on that hand um you have to be consistent on that hand so but gofundme has to be consistent all as well so it's just it's something you have to think through and and critically think of how sometimes we don't see our own biases right on either side whatever position you take and be consistent and try to you know flush out what am i being intolerant in the name of tolerance, because sometimes people who are champions for tolerance are very intolerant of of conservative ideologies. So you have to think about that. Right. It, it's, it's, and two, it, there's a when it comes to your um, your feelings and emotions towards a topic, those things are very not defined. But a thing like business is very defined. And so I think when you look at it, that's kind of when you have to gauge both of them. So you can you can rate GoFundMe and rate the bakery based on these business principles, which say that like you aren't able to discriminate against a person on the basis of race, sexuality, sexual orientation, and all of these things. Um, And so when that is a part of the law and a part of business, then you have to abide. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to abide by that because once upon a time, it was a part of the law that you were able to discriminate against somebody on the basis of race. And that was just the law. And so during that time when you argue, you know, position of race, 
you can't just say, you can say that it's something is wrong, but then you have to attack the law in itself and say, well, let's change the law in order to change the business outcomes. Because if you're allowed to do this legally, then I can disagree with it all day, but at the end of the day, you're doing what you have the jurisdiction to do. So that that's, we have to like look at something that's more defined, something that we all would have to agree on, which again becomes a problem. And that's why these things take forever. And we have to gauge people based off of that. Mm -hmm. So moving forward in uh, other We Can Review news. So the beautiful, the talented, uh, the extremely fine Stacey Dash. Most people know her from Clueless. She had a stint on Single Lady. She actually premiered that show. And Stacey Dash is always in the news for controversial topics. Um, a while ago, she made some statements about some sorority girls um, that had that were choosing to go to parties. They had basically had been told like not to go to the parties and uh, to stay in. And she she said something like, "It's for that's for good girls, but we need to look at the bad girls." Basically saying women that are um, sexually assaulted assault victims, you know, some of them put themselves in that situation. Some of them are naughty girls or bad girls, and they drink and they like to party. And in that moment, you can't you you don't blame the the alcoholics. You blame the person that allowed themselves to get drunk. It, so, you know, you guys are probably familiar with Stacey Dash. Well, Stacey Dash this week has done it again. Um, she was on the Meredith show. And on the show, uh, she basically, they were talking about equal pay. And Meredith points out that women make 78 cents on the dollar for to every dollar that a male makes. And she points out that, you know, there there are certain equalities um, that women don't have in terms of pay. And Stacey Dash's response, um, she after Meredith made that statement, she says, well, I feel like, I don't know. I know that, I know, I don't know if that's true. Um, she's, Meredith says, you know, that is true. It's documented that for every dollar that a man makes, a woman only makes 78 since. Um, and she says, if you want to be pissed off about it, this is Stacey Dash, if you want to be pissed off about it, then be pissed off about it and work harder for it. But I don't think us, you know, complaining about it because there was a law passed that we get paid equal pay, except, and then Meredith's like, you know, except we don't. And it, it kind of goes back and forth. So one of the things that really pissed me off about the situation with Stacey Dash is her response to when when you watch the video, we'll put the video out, but Meredith asks her, you know, why was that her position? And she says, this is the same thing that that it is with race. Stop complaining about it and just work harder for it. And Stacey Dash represents this group, this community of people. And I can't blanket to say that all people think like that. By the way, she is... Um, a, a conservative. So I can't say all, all conservative things this way. I won't do that. But Stacey Dash represents this group of people that has been pu pushing this idea that if there's an issue, if there's a problem, there's nothing wrong with the system. There's nothing wrong with the people that control these systems. There's something wrong with you. So you need to work harder, pull up your bootstraps, fight, 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 fight to get there and to make them 
make things equal. So she's saying in a situation that women just need to work harder. They need to, you know, stop complaining about it and do something about it. Go out every day and be willing, be um, willing and determined to succeed. And that's what's going to get you there. So she responded to this blew up. Everybody's talking about it. So she responded in a series of tweets um, this past Thursday. And it said the 77 cents, which was actually 78 cents, but 77 cents versus the dollar is based on BS statistics. Stop using it. Celebrate that educated women in their 20s now make more than men. I don't care if I am the lone voice in the woods. I will not let the government make women an entitlement class. Hold the bar here. And then she says, hashtag holding the line, right? Stacey Dash, you are indeed holding the line. You're holding the line of ignorant people that fail to realize that while opportunities are out there, while people do have opportunities, the circumstances in order to get to the starting point aren't the same. And even when you start the race, the obstacles that you have to come are in large part study shows these statistics that you're calling BS. They're not the same. You have people that have family members that have money, that have educational resources, that have support systems, that they can do things that other people just can't do. So while they probably went to the same school or while they were given the opportunity at the same education, the factors that impact this and that lead to this are not the same for those people. And that's specifically what we're talking about. So you're holding, you're right. You're holding the line, but you're holding the line of ignorance and you're holding the line of people failing to realize that all those statistics will say something and statistics will have clear, hardcore facts in your face. You continue to overlook those statistics and say, oh, well, it's your problem. If you're an oppressed person, it's your problem that you're oppressed. You got to think differently. You got to look at it differently. You got to work harder. When oftentimes these people work extremely hard, working at minimum wage is what? What's minimum wage? Seven twenty-five. Mm-hmm. If you're working two jobs at minimum wage, two, let's say you're working two full-time jobs at minimum wage, you're only making $14.50 an hour. As opposed to somebody that's working one job that's not getting paid minimum wage, that's making $15 an hour in one job. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the situations just aren't the same. So would you dare to say that the person that's working minimum wage is not a hard worker? I would venture to say they're extremely hardworking. They're working two jobs. The outcomes just aren't the same. And, and it's, so it's, it's the assumption that people that make a lot actually work to get there. Exactly. And that's definitely not always the case. It's it's not one always of, the case. One of the all. things we we would talk about. Um, I always I I hold to the scripture in Ecclesiastes that says chance and opportunity happen to every man, and so it's this some it's this I think this what this is trying to convey is that not everybody who works hard is saying not always. It, it starts off by saying the fastest person doesn't always win the race. just because you have just because you have talent or just because you work hard and have work ethic and you grind to the bone doesn't mean you're going to be the next big thing doesn't mean you're going to have money that if that was the case then the people who have money wouldn't have it and the people who don't have it would have it because sometimes the people who don't have it work harder than the people who have it so this whole false narrative that Oh, pull yourself out by your own bootstraps. You don't work hard. You don't, you know, there's some of the hardest working people that are single mothers that are making 
ends meet. Like they're just barely making it. And they work harder than CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. That's just a false narrative that we put out there that if you grind, you're going to automatically be rich. Right. And that's not the case. But Stacey Dash wants you to work hard. So for all the women that are not getting paid the same amount as their male counterparts, just know that it's your fault. Um, you have to stop complaining about it and you actually have to get up and do something about it. Now, what that something is, it's not so let telling me try somebody. To defend Stacey. Let me try to defend her. All right. Because I'm a I, I'm a fellow conservative myself. All right. Um, Here we go. Yeah, I'm not going to do a good job at defending her because, well, I believe her comments were uh, very ignorant. Um, but potentially, I see where she's going, where men and women, women are making as much as men. However, the comparison you would have to use would not be the statistic of that. The statistic is speaking to the same job position. So it, uh, let's just put nurses because we there's this common thing that because I have family that work in the medical field that male nurses and women nurses don't make the same amount. So male nurses have always statistically made more than female nurses. They have the same job, work the same hours, do the same job. Male nurses just make more. However, what Stacey Dash is probably speaking to is the fact that women are becoming increasingly more educated than men, especially in the African-American community. So therefore, they're making more than man, men. However, that's not the same job. So a woman may be an attorney and a man may be uh, working in a call center. Okay, she's making more than a man in that sense. However, she's not making more than a man that's an attorney. And so that's what the statistic, that's what Meredith was trying to see, get her to see. And I think Stacy was on this whole that women are more educated. And, and that well, position, she, that I could see her taking that position, which still is not a, a good comparison. Yeah, no, I think I think uh, Stacey Dash is fully fully aware of it because she says I'm for equality of opportunity, not equality of outcome. Meaning that people that have the same out opportunities, I'm you can only take that to believe that she means a man and a woman that have the same opportunities that have taken the same opportunities they don't have to have equal outcomes because, and based on her interview, is because we need to work harder. We need to push forward more. And she says that it's a false promise of liberalism um, and it's an icon on the society. So pretty much there's this idea that I understand that these people are on the same playing field. I completely get that these people are on the same playing field, but their outcome is different. What I believe is the person that's not getting the same outcome, they just need to work harder to get there. And for the life of me, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's it's crazy. Time. That's when you, you have to say, like, wait, wait a minute, time out, chick. They're telling you the numbers. They're telling you that <laughs> these people have the same opportunities. They're that's taking the same opportunities. Say, that's when you got to be humble enough to say, you know what? I was wrong. Like, people will respect her more to say, you know what? I didn't look at the numbers. And I, I didn't think through that. And, you know, at the time, I wasn't thinking critically. But actually, after I thought through it, you're right. That's something that we should work on because there is hardworking men and women in the United States who work their behinds off and still are not making as much as men. And then if you think about the African-American community, and I just I really strongly urge uh, African-American people who are part of the GOP to consider this. In large part, our children in African-American communities are being raised by single mothers. 
not only do they have that going, they, they have only one income. They're making less. And that's a problem because that's they just a, need to work harder. They're working their behinds off. Sometimes but, but they need to work, but they need to work harder though, because they don't want to work harder. They want entitlements and handouts. Okay. That's what y'all say. I'm just telling you what y'all said. That's what y'all always tell me. And again, that's why I'm like, you know, guys, okay. <laughs> so, but no, <laughs> let us know honestly it's though. Moderate. It's 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 few. It, but it's a lot of I was gonna say it's like it's not two of y'all. it's not the tea party. <laughs> See, I'm not with the tea party. I can't I can't do the tea party. Ted Cruz, I can't vote for him. I just <laughs> I was gonna say it's two of y'all. <laughs> but yo, let us know what you think though with these topics, man. Hit us up, chat BC, at us at brunch culture. What do you guys think about this, man? What was your response when you first heard this uh, this response to this story that saw this video by Stacey Dash? We're going to send it out today so you guys can take a look at it and let us know what you think. Um, and also with this bakery thing, um, it, it's a I feel like this is the bakery issue is just one, you know, it's one instance and it's one scenario that we have. But this the, the, the story of marriage equality, whatever side of the ball you you rest on um it is it's deep it's deep rooted and there's a lot to it there's a lot of different levels to it um and i think that we have to i'm always for having difficult discussions and i think we have to be in a place where we're having those these difficult discussions and we're coming up with there's a compromise right we always want to talk about this great compromise which that's a whole other story but <laughs> we're talking about this great compromise this is another great compromise that we have to come up and we have to consider both sides you have to consider you know the the christian or not even just christians because other religions believe it as well but i feel like christians oftentimes get like the the brunt of it so the the religious aspect of it or the faith-based aspect of it and as well as the people that are faith-based and just believe that it, it that there's not an issue um, and then people that are com completely removed from a faith-based argument but have their own ideas as well. We have to talk about these things. We have to talk about them collectively and come up to them. So let us know what you guys think. We love to have this discussion with you guys. And so moving to our main topic, uh, as you guys know and you've seen the Ferguson, I'm sorry, Ferg not Ferguson, but like Ferguson, Baltimore um, has had uh, an instance of a lot of uproar and rage and tension, um, visible tension that the media, in my humble opinion, has sensationalized a lot. But between the, the, the police officers and law enforcement in Baltimore and the citizens, um, it started off with being peaceful protests. Uh, we saw that community groups were coming together faith-based groups were coming together and they were protesting. Um, just last Saturday, there were protests. And then around Monday, it was an eruption of, of, of tension. And, you know, people started to, we start seeing these videos of people throwing rocks at the police officers. And, you know, they're saying that about a dozen police officers were were wounded, were injured. One was in critical condition for being hit by a brick or something like that. Um, they went from people rioting and fighting with the police um, and police trying to stop it to people starting to burn down a building. Um, and this is following, depending on the news outlets that you follow, you got different things. But kind of the, the most consistent thing around Monday was that there were, there were just a lot of 
height heightened tensions and a CVS would burn down. People were uh, tearing up a, a church, some church property and tearing up the community. Um, and then there was a bunch of looting that started. You start seeing videos of people driving cars up to the local mall and getting out and running in and coming out with these boxes and loading up cars and just stealing stuff. And so it just went, you know, things went crazy and went hay haywire. And one of the things that we kept hearing um, you would hear some people say that they're rioters, they're rioters, they're rioters. And you would see from like social media would show, hey, I just walked through this area of the city that the news is saying is really bad. And it's really bad on one block of the street. But down here, it's all peaceful protests. You know, down here, there are, you know, community groups and, and even gangs that are coming together and they are protecting the police officers in this way. They're not allowing the rioters to come to this place. So you kind of have like this, this conflicting, these conflicting stories and con conflicting arguments, but it raised the question of what starts a riot? What gets people to the place of feeling so enraged that they want to lash out, they want to break something, they want to tear something up? What makes people so angry um, that you can get to that place and that thing can happen? And we've done some research and we've started to look at um, st some statistics for the Baltimore area um, and some telltale signs that seem very blatant, seem very obvious that would get people there, uh, along with the the situation that started this whole thing, which was the, the death of Freddie Gray and a lot of having a lot of unarmed, unanswered questions. So what gets people to that place? Lisa, Lisa what do you think it is? Um, I think one of the main causes is um, socioeconomic disparities. Um, it's, it's, a, it's so funny because there's two different ways, well, more than two different ways to view this, but I think one of the telling signs is what people were seeing white America who haven't really empathized or looked white and black because some black people don't identify either when they talk about riots oh these are just thugs and kids who are you know lack direction and um, they don't have Jesus that's the one that killed me <laughs> they don't have fathers or my favorite that came from a a white Republican in um, Maryland was if we decrease the amount of food stamps these people will receive because food stamps are directly related to the fact that they're riding. I don't understand that connection. I really, I just, some people in the GOP should just shut up permanently. Stacey Dash, that shit, that shit. They, go, they, all, <laughs> but, they all meet together. <laughs> they all meet together, have camp meetings. <laughs> over campfires and you know use food that's not bought with food stamps that's um, <laughs> but uh anyways the social economic disparity so there's one group saying these people are crazy then there's one group who's saying no this is like like this is like martin luther king said the language of the unheard people have no other recourse but to do this because the only time you come and see us or and President Obama said the only time you pay attention is when they're burning up a, a CVS or Walgreens. You know, um, that's the only time that you pay attention to these group of people because after the walk, they put the fire out, and next week on the news will be something else, and then you'll be totally um, disengaged, and you won't care. Exactly. Um, and so the only way I can make you care about me is when I act out. That's that's 
that's like a child. If the only time a parent cares about their child is when the child acts out, then that child they is act out all the time in school. Yeah, because yeah. that's the only time somebody pays attention to them. Exactly. And so America's doing the same thing to the urban the urban poor. They only pay attention when they act out. And so there's the socioeconomic disparities. The city is me the city's Baltimore City's medium household income is forty two thousand two hundred and sixty six dollars, a number well under the US average of fifty two thousand two hundred and fifty dollars. And Maryland's average is seventy two thousand four hundred and eighty three dollars. Dollars and the and the median is um it's obviously significantly lower and that's just Baltimore City as a whole that's just not considering the urban core the urban core is actually almost half of that yeah they said it's about it's about twenty five thousand twenty five thousand yeah so these people are living and then um there was another statistic at the poverty summit in Baltimore who says that one neighborhood's median income is ten thousand dollars. Yeah. And the dude was like, you can't even pay attention on $10,000. And the only, and it's true. And the only answer to that is to cut, um, to cut entitlements. Um, and <laughs> I, I, I'm not totally against entitlement reform. I think entitlement reform is needed in some cases. Oh, however, however, we don't need to attack anything else first. Yeah. There's a, there's a whole <laughs> lot of things. No, I'm saying that there's, tax breaks for the rich i think that we need to be consistent the system just needs to be looked at as on the core as how we're um we're kind of divvying out this money but and these breaks i think that we need to definitely aggressively attack attack um the tax breaks for um the rich because it's it's ridiculous and the loopholes but that's that's going into the fact that we need to uh, reform my whole tax code but anyways that's a whole nother argument but the socioeconomic disparities in the community you take away the educational system in one in one statistic that there was in one year as many people dropping out as there was graduating for black males right you take away high school education you have there's unless you create your own business which is rare um, you're not going to have a lot of opportunities. So, and then there's like the other argument, well, we need to rebuild families. Well, you've already taken a, a good chunk of the man and men and pipelined them to the prison system. Um, that, that takes away men to be able to marry women, to have these so-called ideal families you want to create. And then it's just, it's problems. And so if you're only going to pay attention to me when I act out, you're going to give me a little bit of money. And then even people who have um, entitlements, the the idea of they're getting so much money. I, there was a, a lady at my church who was who is sickly. She's deceased now, but she was sickly. She didn't have anything. She couldn't work. She um, had a whole bunch of health problems. You know how much food stamps she got? $30 a month. Like hmm. the idea that people that are on these entitlements, um, that are, that are receiving these entitlements are getting a boatload of money is, is a false narrative. So you have people who are receiving entitlements that still don't have enough monthly for food. 
you know what I'm saying? They still don't have enough money to function and they're receiving assistance. Um, all of these contribute to people like, man, what the heck? I might as well burn something down because it doesn't matter. Tomorrow, I'm still not going to have food. Tomorrow, I'm still not going to have the adequate supplies in school. Tomorrow, I'm still um, not going to receive the access to um, opportunities that other people have. Um, the fact that I can ride 20 minutes or 30 minutes to a completely different world that's not mine mm-hmm. um, is a problem. And it's it's it creates this hopelessness. And when you're hopeless, it just it just it rocks your world. Yeah. And it's, you know, there's there are when you start talking about um, what gets people to this place and you when, when we look at things like these are the voices of the unheard. So there's so many things that like go into why these people are in these situations of not feeling um, like they don't have a voice. Right. And nobody is listening to them. And when I say things, when I say these people, I say that to say that I am one of these people. Right. And I'm a person that grew up in an, in an environment or in an area where I didn't think or didn't see. And I didn't think because I didn't see that the government cared about me or my community, quote unquote, leaders or officials cared about me. Oftentimes I would go on for years not knowing who these people were until it was election time and you started to see their name. They'll come and they'll pass out like a flyer in hopes that you'll vote or they'll come to the school and they'll do all these photo ops with the kids um, to say that they care about us when the actuality and the reality of it is that I've never seen you before this time. Right. The one thing that I'm excited about, you know, going home to give this information that you've told me that I need to take to my parents um, that has all of the reasons that they should vote for you um, and a, a nice little pretty little picture that you've taken or I've been able to take with you um, because you are the congressman or the congresswoman or the city councilman that is, quote unquote, for the people. But I actually just met you and I feel excited as a kid because I took a picture with somebody that's important. No idea what you do. No idea what it is. And my mom doesn't even know as well. But one thing she does know is you took a picture with her baby. So when it comes time to go vote, she's probably going to remember your name. Like you play off these narratives and you play off these ideas without understanding that if you really are for the people, then you make moves and you do things that help educate the people. Right. You help people get to places that they need to be. And I'll be the first person to tell you, because the one of the arguments that always comes through is that, like, these people don't want to do it. Right. They don't want this knowledge or they don't want the help or, you know, they just want handouts and yada, yada, yada. Do people like that exist? Yeah, absolutely. You know, just like on, on, on every argument, there is an outlier that exists that. You can, if if you were to look at the entire scope, you can say like, oh, well, you know, people are covered. This is the entire range. There are there are people that exist, but oftentimes when you start to look at the statistics, you realize that these people really are an outlier. They're on the other. They're on the other side. This stream, the main focus of these people actually want to be educated. They want help. They want to be able to do it themselves, right? Particularly in today's time when everything is a DIY, to do it yourself. I want to be able to do it for myself. I don't need anybody else to do it. I don't want anything to do it. When we look at the the idea that is oftentimes pushed here in America, it is that 
you have to be able to get it for yourself and go out and go get it. So those people exist, but we don't talk about those people, right? So I was looking up the Baltimore Sun, and we talked about people being educated, and we talked about the dropout rate. Um, I was looking at the Baltimore Sun. It was actually released February 7th of this year, and they said that the the new budget for the city had cut education support by $35 million. So when you start saying that the dropout rates are high and you start to say that these people are less educated, well, let's think about we're using public funding. These people are paying in taxes. They're being taxed. This money is coming into the city. It's coming into the city, and we are supposed to do what is best for the people. Well, these funds were cut because the city in itself feels the the new formula um the Boston Sun reports that it fe- the the formula feels that the city is wealthy enough to support itself in terms of education and so what these funds are going to do is expanding the city building new things that are going to bring new people in and that's going to make more money for the city and it's going to create new opportunities. And I'm, you know, tourism helps. Tourism helps every city. Every city is going to be able to make money off of those things. But you cannot tell me that you're going to cut money from education and then complain that these people aren't able to articulate. These people don't know the right way to go. These people are just riding because they are upset. And there is nobody that's, you're, you're not, offering a viable solution or the solution to the problem, which would be educating, which educating these people, which would be providing services for the communities. You're taking money from that to foster more tourism or to foster, you know, a Marriott to come and to build on this, on on the, the, the harbor front or to foster this new venture to come up and to bring new shops and all of these things. Your your focus is off, right? Your focus is wrong. You cannot fix the problem without fixing the root of the problem. You you're not gonna be able to you can't build a house on ha- house on a faulty foundation. At some point in time the house is gonna crumble. And I think when we start to look at these things, that's what we start to see. And so it further then that speaks to the fact that they don't want to really the the issue is that they don't want to fix it. Because if they really wanted to fix it, they would get to the root. I and I feel like people don't want to fix it because they realize and I'm I'm not one of those one of these people that I don't like to, to say that it's the man and I in turn say it's the men. Because it's not just one person. It's not one collective group of people. It's not just the mayor's fault. It's not just the governor's fault. You know, it's not just the city council. It's everybody's fault because as a collective group of leadership we are failing our people by not understanding the demographics of the people that that are here we're not understanding that most of our city uh is uneducated right most of our city is are are poor are poverty stricken like we have issues this is what the city looks like before the riots so these images that you're seeing afterwards Aside from maybe a few locations, the rest of this stuff was just kind of normal with all these abandoned buildings, with all these issues and problems that nobody has ever nobody is is, is pointing out. There is no collective plan, a groupthink effort to come and to fix all of this stuff. We're not trying to do it then. But now after people have rioted, you know, after buildings have been burned, after the news coverage, 
has come out and has got all of the stories that they wanted to get and got all the viewers that they needed to get and boosted up their ratings. And now you look bad. Now you want to start having a group discussion about what needs to happen because of this. And this is in turn what gets people to this place of rioting and feeling like they need to riot because you don't, you don't have things in play that strategic plans in play that's going to fix these problems on the front end. So on the back end, you're you're trying to play cover up or catch up or fix a problem that you've known for years and years that has already been been present. And it it just and one thing's and I, and I don't want to focus on we're using Baltimore um, because it just happened and we're talking about Baltimore because you know it's most recent and it's what's in news, but. I want to clarify that we are not Baltimore was is not the only city number 1. Baltimore is not the 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 ultimate worst thing, worst city in the world. And number 2, I want to promote that a lot of the rioting and the things that have happened is very sensationalized. Like mm-hmm. yeah. It is yeah, it is extremely Extremely, extremely sensationalized. You had your was it? The, there's a video of Geraldo Rivero coming out, coming out, and he kind of gets into this ruffle with some of the protesters because he's starting, he's standing in front of these people that aren't rioting, and he kind of gives them, he makes these comments and kind of gets them high, high in charge. Yeah, and he incites it, and then he wants to start recording their responses to say that, like, oh, this is what these people are doing, right? Yeah. And it's just, it's one of those things that's extremely frustrating that that people get to that place. But they don't do that for the the people in Kentucky who burn stuff down just because they lost the game. Right. Yeah. Those people, yeah. That's a whole Those other are just teenage, I mean, college They're students. passionate. They are they passionate. They got a little too excited. They're passionate. They're not the... They're passionate about their team. And they're not That's going to jail. They just, uh, you know, got a little excited. <laughs> right. That's what that is. But that's another, a whole other thing. But shout out to Marilyn uh, Mosby for handling it like a boss and she's only she's new Um, and I think sometimes we need new fresh young leadership to come in and say hey I'm not a part of this you know um this club of old men and I'm I don't have any ties to I'm not gonna you know she was actually supported by the police union when she was elected now they you know are kind of upset but she didn't let I respect her because she didn't let the people that supported her dictate the decision she was going to make. And sometimes right. politicians are so loyal that they don't they're so loyal that they act um unjustly um because they want to protect the people that put them in. But she didn't she advocated for the people and not just for the people who, you know, help her get elected so i respect her for that shout out to you marilyn mosby and her husband um nick mosby who actually um said something that we all are thinking um to fox news the people in kentucky did this too they rioted but we don't call them thugs and that went viral so they're just a power couple in itself so shout out to nick mosby and marilyn mosby for doing the thing in in uh, baltimore city and advocating for the people so now it's time for our Random topic. So today's random topic is sponsored by a criminal. We like to call them dumb criminals. 
I don't think I don't know if they're dumb though because this one they haven't got caught. Yeah. P- police seek the title comes from HuffPost. Police seek shoplifting suspect who wore won't be caught shirt. Won't get me. You won't get me. Security <laughs> cameras at Florida shopping mall caught the um the uh the pair suspected of shoplifting um with a f- 1478 stolen goods um the women, one of the women's shirts said won't be caught and they still haven't caught them yet. <laughs> you know she's brave she is a I think she's speaking into existence, yo. Like, she really is. She's saying, I'm putting it out there in the universe, in the world, and I'm going to do wrong, and it's not going to get caught. This picture, though, is the funniest thing because the the shirt of one chick says won't be caught, but the face of the other chick is kind of like, huh, who you going to catch? Like, it's one of them, like, <laughs> the wait for you at the door type faces, like, and what you going to do as they're walking out? This is... It's pretty hilarious. Like these two chicks really are the shoplifting. They said they shoplifted like fourteen hundred dollars, almost like fifteen hundred dollars worth of stuff during this time, and literally walked out the store with a shirt that says "Won't get caught," and they did not get caught. Like, and I'm yo, I'm trying to get how they don't have how are we not catching these? Like you have their picture, right? And I'm pretty sure this picture it looks like it comes from the video because it's like you know kind of digitized. So it looks like it's like a still shot of a video. How are y'all not? I got their picture. You see them with the shirt. Like what is it that's causing you to not like? Can you not find them or you know do you not have proper enough evidence? Did the video not catch them? Everything did you see them like walk to a certain section but it didn't catch them like stuffing something in? Like how is that working? You know I don't know. This is. It's crazy, but it's some G stuff. If you remember when uh treat that say I'm a thug all day, every day. Wouldn't trade it for the world. I think these are thugs. <laughs> Yo, so my mama and my mama probably gonna cuss me out for saying this on air, but that song, she used to think he said booty shake for the world. <laughs> she was like, Yeah, they got all these songs out talking about booty shaking for the world. I said what song? She was like, what's the man's name is? Ain't it like Trick Daddy or something? I said, Ma, the kids say wouldn't change for the world, not booty shake for the world. Like, just don't, This is, of course, like years and years ago, but yeah, every time I hear this song, I always think about my mama's lyric to the song that she thought they were saying that they were booty shaking for the world. I don't know why they would have kids out here talking about they booty shaking for the world. No, Ma, they're actually saying I wouldn't change for the world. <laughs> well, you know, some people, it, it it could be words are hard sometimes in songs to identify. The stuff old people say, right? <laughs> <laughs> and that's all right. So the, our quote of the week this week um, comes from Rabbi Abram Joshua Hashel. Is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. Heschel? Mm-hmm. Um and it says indifference to evil is more insidious than evil itself. That's deep. I love it. Yeah, I think that's really, really deep and is really relevant to uh, the situations that we are seeing in news. Uh, yeah, because so many people are indifferent. Right. Very indifferent. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't, you know, it's not a part of, it's not a part of my community or my day to day. So it doesn't matter. And, you know, honestly, you're just as bad. Yeah. Share that same burden. Yeah. 
So again, guys, we thank you. We have wrapped up another episode of Brunch Culture. We thank you guys so much for being along this journey with us, for listening to us, supporting us, for continuing to challenge us. Check us out on social media, um, on Instagram at brunch underscore culture, on Twitter at brunch culture, and on Facebook backslash brunch culture. Check out our website, www.brunchculturebc.com. Make sure you sign up, sign up for it to get our newsletters and go on iTunes and subscribe, yo. We have gotten some good feedback. Um, leave us some feedback right now, whatever you're doing. If you're listening to this in your car, if you're home, if you're jogging, whatever you're doing, take a second and just rate us on iTunes. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. Give us some positive feedback. Uh, you know, we really like the positive feedback, but if you got some negative feedback, you know, it always critiques us, but I just say send us an email and let us know. But nah, you can put that out there as well. And just, you know, we, we love having these discussions every week with you guys. We love engaging you guys and being a part of this conversation. And we really want to represent you and what you're talking about. And we want to create a space where we can have these difficult discussions because here at Brunch Culture, Everything is up for discussion.